Welcome to the Ignite Church Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We pray that this message will bring you hope and ignite your faith. Now lean in and enjoy the message. You know, across America today, there are many churches, many church leaders that are taking a moment during the services that they have to pray for the president of the United States of America. And we're going to take a time right now to pray for our president. Whether you agree with him or not, that's not what I'm here for. The Bible says that we are to pray and honor each authority for they are God-given authorities. You know, and not we don't always agree with everyone's decisions or every way that people do things, but the Bible calls us as believers to pray for them because if, if this is a nation under God like the like we have it in our Constitution one nation under God we are to pray for our nation and pray for our leaders that God will give them the wisdom the knowledge to protect them and to lead them in the right way so that they could lead our nation in the right way how many say amen to that amen. so I'm gonna ask you to please stand as we pray today for our president and pray for God's guidance wisdom protection Father God, we come before you as a church, the body of Christ, Lord. Your word says, Lord, that we are to honor our authorities. We are to pray for them, God. Lord, your word says that you put people in office and you take them out as well, Father God. You have the power, Lord, to give and take, Lord. Nothing on this earth happens by coincidence, Lord. You see it all, Lord, and you are a sovereign over all, God. Lord, we unite together with other pastors, other leaders, Father God, other Christians in this nation, Lord, praying for our president, Donald Trump, Father God, praying for the United States of America. Last week, Father God, we prayed and we blessed this nation and we thanked people that had given their time, their service, their life, Father God, many of them for this country. And today we pray for the president, the head of this nation, Father God, praying, Lord, that you will watch over him and his family, praying that you would give him the wisdom, the knowledge, the strength, Lord, that he will be guided by you, Lord, and if he is surrounded by the wrong people, Lord, take them out and put the right people. Surround them with God-spirited people, Lord, people that are filled of your presence and of your spirit so that they will lead this nation in the right way, Father God. One nation under God, Father God. A nation, Lord, that trusts us in God and God alone, Lord. That we will be a nation filled of your Holy Spirit, Lord. So we bless our president right now, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we bind every satanic attack. We bind every attack against him and his family and pray, Heavenly Father, that you will have your ways in his life, Lord now and forever in Jesus name how many say amen amen come on you may be seated church you know we're starting this new series called the forgotten and if you look at the image on your screen you know you might be like oh, the it kind of looks a little bit freaky you know and we're not in October we're not Halloween season right so what is this forgotten this hand popping out and you know I, for a while I've been wanting to talk about something that I think it's super super important and vital for the church to recognize which is the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit you know who is the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit a person is the Holy Spirit this goes I'm holy and I'm a ghost is the Holy Spirit this force of nature does it come by breath does it only show up by speaking in tongues does the Holy Spirit only show up when people are jumping and going crazy that people are like kind of skeptical about no that's not who the Holy Spirit is the Bible says that there's a Godhead God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit three in one which we've used the word Trinity right the word Trinity is not in the Bible. It's just a word that we use to explain this phenomenon, which is the Godhead. And I want to dive into God's word today to discover who the Holy Spirit is and how he plays a role in our lives. 
For many times, the church preaches about God the Father, God's love for humanity, how he sent his son Jesus, God, you know, son Jesus, how Jesus gave his life for us. But we don't preach a lot about the Holy Spirit because many people have this wrong idea of who the Holy Spirit is. Many people think that the Holy Spirit is only when you see a manifestation, when people speak in tongues, when they put hands on people and they fall back and they throw the little white skirt on them, and that's all good and dandy, but that's not who the Holy Spirit is. Those are just manifestations, but the Holy Spirit is a person. Actually, he is God. He's not, he's not less than Jesus. He's not less than the Father. He's not greater. He is God. And sometimes it's kind of hard to understand this because we, when we think of people, we think of portions. Well, he's probably one-third God. No, he's not one-third God. He's 100% God. He's 100% God. Jesus is 100% God. God the Father is 100% God. And the Holy Spirit is 100% God. So could it be that because we have forgotten the Holy Spirit, we're really not having an intimate relationship with God Almighty? So I want you today to just have an open heart, open mind, and just let the power of God flow and speak to you. For many of us, we were born and raised in a church that sometimes is easier to forget the importance of who God is and who the Godhead is. Let me just share with you a couple of things. Got one God and only one. He exists in three persons, equal and eternal, worthy of equal praise and equal worship, distinct yet acting in unity. Constituting one true God of the Bible. And like I said, sometimes we forget about who the Holy Spirit is. But Jesus, God the Son, did not forget who the Holy Spirit is. Actually, we're going to see through Scripture the importance of the Holy Spirit. If you have your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 14. Verse 16 to 17, Jesus puts a lot of emphasis on the Holy Spirit, and he, is, uh, he was subject to intense prayer. Actually, he says this. He says this to his disciples, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Now, let's pause there. Sometimes when we think of the Holy Spirit, we think of the Holy Spirit as this come and go thing. You know, like, oh, the Holy Spirit came, he's here, but he's no longer here. Or Holy Spirit, come, like if he's gone somewhere else. Or Holy Spirit, fill me because I don't have enough of you. Like there's a, there's a tank, you know, like each and every one of us has this spiritual tank, and it's called Holy Spirit. And the more you see God, the Holy, the Holy Spirit goes up. But the less you see God, the Holy Spirit goes down. But Jesus said this, I am going to the Father, but I am praying to the Father that he will send you a great counselor, and I love this last part, that will be with you forever. Think about this. Jesus is not here today. Who's here today? The Holy Spirit. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, the Bible says, interceding for us, seated in glory. When he raised here, he was risen from the dead and he ascended to heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, but the Holy Spirit came down and is in you. The Holy Spirit is here with you. It continues to go like this in that same um, verse 17. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you know him 
because he remains with you and will be in you. Now, that's something to get excited about. That's something to really get excited about, church. To know that God Almighty remains in you, remains in me. A sinner, a failure, one who constantly trips over his own sins, one who constantly has to ask God for forgiveness. The Holy Spirit of God, God Almighty remains in me. Let that sink in a little bit. Let that sink in a little bit because you know sometimes we long for relationships and there's nothing wrong with longing for relationships. But the relationship that will always last forever is the relationship with the Holy Spirit of God. Your friend will backstab you or turn her back or one day die. Let's be honest. They will go on to another life. But the Holy Spirit will never die, will never backstab you, will never neglect you, will never reject you, but will always stay with you forever. The Lord mentioned two things. The Holy Spirit was already real, and he was about to come. But secondly, at that time, the Holy Spirit dwelt with the, with the disciples. He was not in the disciples. They were about to receive something that you and I received the moment we gave our life to Jesus, which was the Holy Spirit. If the Spirit of God was so important to Jesus, and he put so much emphasis to the life of Jesus, how much more to the lives of believers today. How much more? So how important is the Holy Spirit? Let's go a little bit in time in scripture. This is how important the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is mentioned in Genesis chapter one, verse 12, when he is moving over the face of the earth. First thing, second, first chapter, second verse. Who's mentioned? The Holy Spirit. He's moving over the face of the earth. The, the earth was unformed. He was, he was moving over the earth. If we go a little bit more on to the last book of the chapter or the last book of the Bible, chapter actually, Revelations chapter 22, verse 17, now the Holy Spirit is crying out with one voice with a bride to God. That's how important. He is from the beginning and he is also in the end. The Holy Spirit is super important. The Holy Spirit has always been active in the beginning in creation and also in the end of story. He tends to us. He comforts us. He helps us. He guides us. He reminds us. He teaches us. He comes alongside us. He counsels us. He intercedes and advocates for us. There's a verse in the Bible that says that you don't even know what you're praying for, but the Holy Spirit is praying to the Father with groans that are louder than you could explain, crying out to the Father for the things that you need. He is interceding and advocating for you Amen. and for me. That's who the Holy Spirit is. There's no area in life in which a believer does not need the Holy Spirit. The believer needs the Holy Spirit all the time. Once again, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three in one, equal. A gospel with no emphasis on the Holy Spirit is a flat gospel. And let's be honest, we're living in modern times where the gospel is just flat. And it's not attractive to many people because the gospel is supposed to be good news. But what good does it do you to just have news and it sounds good, but there's no power behind it? 
There's no life change. See, the one who talked to you, who ministered to your heart and brought you to church this morning was the Holy Spirit. The one who leads you to repent is the moment that you do something you know you shouldn't do. It's not your conscience. It's the Holy Spirit. The one who comforts you when you feel down and defeated and tells you, hey, tomorrow will be better. Get back up. It's not the voice of your conscience. It's the voice of the Holy Spirit. The one who gives you the courage to stand in front of and confront the situations of life and the things that are coming your way, it is not your courage. It is the Holy Spirit giving you that courage. The Holy Spirit. The Bible puts a lot of emphasis on the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Every time something big happened, the Holy Spirit was there. You don't believe me? John the Baptist was full of the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. First baby to be mentioned in the Bible that was filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. You know, funny story is that I would always pray for my kids. When my wife was pregnant of the babies, I would put my hand upon her, you know, the womb, and I would pray, God, fill that baby with the Holy Spirit. Still today, every night when Ella and Liam go to sleep, that I put them to bed, giving them their milk or whatever the case is, I pray, God, fill them with your Holy Spirit. They might not know you today, but I pray that they will have a special encounter with you. As they grow up, that they will be led by your Holy Spirit to know Jesus and live their lives for Jesus. You know why we live in a world today that many people are struggling and suffering out there is because many parents fail to pray to God to fill them with the Holy Spirit. They forget who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is here to comfort you, to strengthen you, to guide you, to help you. It's time to not forget the Holy Spirit of God. Another perfect example is Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and was led by the same Spirit into the wilderness to defeat Satan and his temptations. The disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room. Actually, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, one day stood and preached to a crowd and 3,000 people got saved instantly. 3,000 people in one sermon. I don't think you even see that today. In large crowds, in large venues, 3,000 people, no microphone, no lights, no hill song, no, no dance team, no production team, just someone that filled with the Holy Spirit said, Jesus came, he died for you, and he rose again. Give your lives to him. He loves you. He is here today. 3,000 people. Why? Because filled with the Holy Spirit. That teaches me that if you want to see God move in your life, you need to recognize and honor the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. Today I want to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit, but more important, his role in our lives. You know, for the past week and actually for the past few months, um, I could tell you that doing ministry sometimes could feel lonely. Doing ministry could feel lonely. When you're putting up things and you're working hard and busting your behind so that people could come to know Jesus, sometimes could feel lonely because you're doing it for a greater cause, but yet sometimes it's very hard, especially when you're trying to juggle so many things, you know, a full-time job, a family, friends, and everything. It could sometimes feel lonely. And it was funny because I met with a pastor the other day that for the first time I met him, somebody made the connection, um, a, a, a father of a friend here made a connection with that pastor, and I met with him for the first time, and we're talking, and we're trying to build a relationship, you know. I like to build a relationship with other pastors and just get to know them. And he told me, Eric, you know what, let's face it, ministry is lonely. And I'm like, okay, second person that kind of tells me that. 
right? So I guess it's true. But you don't think about that because you're like, no, it's exciting. It's amazing. And yes, it is. I'm not here to be a downer, you know, Debbie Downer or anything like that. But sometimes it feels lonely because if you forget who the Holy Spirit is and you forget the reason why you do things and you forget the purpose for why you're doing it, it becomes lonely. It becomes very lonely. Many years ago, I was in my room and I was crying. You know one of those cries where you're sobbing and you're, you're like boogers are falling all over and it, you're tasting something salty and it's because your boogers are entering your mouth? One of those sobby cries. And I remember that I was crying. I was still living at my mom's house. I was very young. I was a teenager. And I was crying in my room and I was saying, God, why have you taken my friends? Why have my friends gone away? I had this group of friends that we were, it was, it was two guys. We were like the three musketeers. We got along so well. We did life together so well and um, I remember that you know growing up in church and with these other guys and other friends we did everything together we would go to the movies we go to the beach we'll shop together you know and as we grow grew older and we went to high school and then started planning for college you know I, I started getting closer to God and started wanting my deep in my relationship with God so I made a prayer that probably you have made many times and this prayer goes like this father God if there's someone in my life that you need to pull away from because they're holding me back from my purpose, God, please remove them from my life. But also, God, if I am being a stumbling block for someone in their walk with Christ, then remove me from their relationship as well. How many of you have ever done a prayer simple like that, similar? Anybody here? A couple? Okay, I see a couple hands. It doesn't fail that every time you make that prayer, when God starts pulling people away, you start questioning, why is God pulling people away? And I remember I was like crying, I was like sobbing, you know, like, God, I have no friends. Where are my friends? Why are you taking them from me? And I felt God speak to my spirit and tell me, it's because I need to remind you that the only one that will always remain is me. I need to remind you that the one who will always remain is me. See, God longs for you to be successful, for you to have a beautiful home if that's what you want, whatever it is. But more than anything, God longs for you. Those external things, they're pretty. They're cherry on top. But what really God wants is you. He longs for a relationship with you. And my question to you today, church, is who is the Holy Spirit to you? When I was a younger, I was telling the, the team um, this morning when we were having our, our huddle, how many of you remember that song? I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. You call me friend. There's a part that says, who am I that you are mindful of me, that you love me, Right? And I remember this song because I love that song. I, I play, I burnt my radio with that song. I mean, I would put that song on repeat, boom, boom, boom. And that was when it was DVDs, you know, DVDs or the early iPod. Remember the only early iPod, which was a thick, it was like a brick, you know, that you carried in your hand. Anybody here remember that? You know, it had only a dial and a little dot in the middle. How many of you still have your early iPod? Any, okay, a couple of you guys. Okay, you got to do something with your life. Okay, all right. <laughs> But I remember that um, I love that song because every time that bridge will come out, 
Who am I that you are mindful of me? It would always make me think of who am I? That the God of creation, the God of the cosmos, the God who invented all this that we see and are to see in the future would long for relationship with me. Knowing who I am because he knows me better than I know myself. And as I cried out to God, 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 why are you taking these people from my life? God, why, why does it feel so lonely at times? All I can remember is God speaking to my heart. I didn't hear an audible voice or anything. I just felt him speak to my heart. Eric, this is happening to remind you that all you need is me. All you need is me. So if all I need is him, then he is all I want. If all I need is him, then he is all I want. But to be honest, that's not how we live. We come to church, we get excited when we hear our favorite song, we get excited when they preach a message that is speaking to our current situation. But we walk out and we live by the motions, we walk out and we live by the feelings and we forget that all we need is who he is. All we need is truly God Almighty. You know, in this moment, I just want to remind you about a powerful truth found in God. The Holy Spirit longs to be your best friend. And like I said, he knows you better than you know yourself, better than your family know yourselves. But sometimes a relationship is as much, becomes as much as a habit. If you don't continue that relationship properly, you lose track on it. It has to be consistent, like a habit. Sadly, we have bad habits. Sometimes we have habits like we're stuck on social media. And here's the Holy Spirit speaking to us, hey, let's talk a little bit. Let's, let's dive into the word of God. Hey, I want to show you something greater. Come to me. And they're like, no, you know what? It's, it's, oh, my God, did you see her dress? Oh, my goodness. You know, yesterday, funny thought, um, a friend of mine told me about this Instagram page, right? I'm not going to promote it, but there's this Instagram page that posts preachers and what they wear, right? And then it tells you how much their clothes cost. And I just thought that it was funny. Like, people actually waste their time to do the investigation to find out. Well, I can tell you my shirt costs $14. It's not very expensive. But <laughs> there are people, <laughs> there are people that, there are pastors that actually wear a lot of expensive clothes, and that's good for them. But as I was scrolling through, right, I started looking at the comments that the people, like, hating on these people. Like, oh, and then they call themselves Christian, and how dare they, and this and this and that. And I'm like, man, if you have the time to type up those words, and you don't have time to seek the presence of God, then you don't deserve those shoes, you surely don't deserve that shirt, and you surely don't deserve that money. Seek first the presence of God. The Bible says seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else, those shoes, the purse, whatever you want, will be added on to you. John 14, 16 says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Holy Spirit longs to be with you forever, not just when you need a miracle or when you cry out to him. And, and let me just mention something. Sometimes we think that the Holy Spirit comes and goes. 
Or when we say songs like, Holy Spirit, come, come, I need you, Holy Spirit, come now. And sometimes we think that the Holy Spirit left. That doesn't necessarily mean that the Holy Spirit left. What it means is that you're being more open for the Holy Spirit to move in your life. Because although you might be a Christian, and although you might walk your walk with Christ, there are certain areas in your life that God still wants to work in you, but unfortunately, we have closed the door, we've locked it, and we've thrown the keys out, and when God knocks on it, we're like, oh, sorry, no vacancy. (laughs) And God's like, well, you want me to change you, you want me to prosper, you want me to give you this, but I need to go into that door, and you're like, oh. Not that door, this door. And he's like, that door's not the one. This is not the time or season for that door. The time and season is this door. And if you want to see me move, you need to let it open up. And that's when you say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place. You know what a flood is? Like, we live in Florida. I mean, how many of you live in a flood zone? Raise your hand. I live in a flood zone, right? Thank you, Jesus, for the flood zone, right? (laughs) High insurance rates, right? But we live in a flood zone, and every time, like, we just started yesterday the hurricane season. God willing, we don't have a hurricane this year. But we just started hurricane season, and the moment that hurricane season comes around, people go crazy, and they start putting their shutters up, and they're all crazy and stuff. But they forget about the flood zone. Like, if you live in a flood zone, there's no shutters, there's no bags, there's nothing that you could do but just pray to God that you don't get flooding. Now, I, have, I feel horrible, and I pray for the people that were victims this past weekend that were in Oklahoma and in those places that it rained and it flooded and their homes got destroyed. And if you ever watch the news and you watch one of these things, like, we see hurricanes, we don't see floods like that. We don't see twisters or tornadoes like that. These people, they see their house today and tomorrow, it's gone. And even if it's a flood, you see the house, it's flooded, but it's it's gone. You can't live in a house that was flooded. You have to work it all brand new. Why am I sharing this analogy? I don't know. But listen to me. I do know. When the Holy Spirit comes and you're saying flood this place, you're basically saying Break down this house and make it new. Break down what remains and make it new. Like, thank you for what you've given me, but you have so much more for me, and I am open to it. I don't want to live this life the same way I've been living it because it's going nowhere. So flood my life. Flood my life. In the coming weeks, I'm going to talk a little bit more about who the Holy Spirit is. One of the things I'm going to share with you is that the Holy Spirit is a person. And as a person, he has feelings. If you don't believe me, look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Did you know that you could grieve the Holy Spirit? You know, there's no reference that says, do not grieve Jesus. If there's no reference says don't grieve God, the Father. But there is a reference that says do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. But what that verse is going on to say, it says, for you were sealed. Many times we think that, well, I'm not, I, I don't have the Holy Spirit because I'm not special enough. 
or, you know, I, I'm not that scholarly in the word of God, or I don't, you know, I don't deserve the Holy Spirit. You're right. You don't deserve the Holy Spirit. I don't deserve the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says this, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. How are you sealed with the Holy Spirit? The moment you give your life to Jesus, Jesus goes like this and he seals you with the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. The question is, do you know the Holy Spirit of God? In Acts chapter set one, verse seven to eight, Jesus tells his disciples, it is not for you to know times and seasons which the Father has put in, my, in his own authority, but say with me, but. but. Say with me, but. but. This is a big but in the Bible. I love big buts in the Bible. No, don't take that out of context, okay. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I want to point something out here. In verse 7, Jesus points out that to his disciples, it is not for them to know certain things. But in verse 8, he puts an emphasis with this big but that brings Jesus the off-track attention of his disciples to the primary concern at hand they will receive power. You want to see a powerful Christian? That Christian recognizes the Holy Spirit of God. You want to see a defeated Christian? Is one who forgets the Holy Spirit of God. Why? Because he says you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Perhaps they didn't know this person of the Trinity very well. But the idea of receiving power must have caught all of their attention. For over three years, these men traveled with Jesus. They witnessed the continual movement of miracles, signs, and wonders. And they longed to do the same or longed to live with the same. And now was their time to receive the same. The doors were being opened for them to access this power that they so admired. In order to receive the power of God, you don't need a religious formula. You don't, it's not like, you know, we live by formulas. How many are formula geeks here? Anybody here? Yeah, nobody? Any Excel geeks? I'm an Excel geek, I love formulas. All right, anybody study physics here? Love physics? And, okay, just nobody, okay, wrong crowd. All right, who hates math? <laughs> Who hates science? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but sometimes, even though we don't like math, we think that life is all about math. If one plus one is added to, one plus one equals two, it doesn't equal three, right? And sometimes we think that faith is the same way. It's rational. It's, it's, it has to be exactly like that. But the Bible says that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You don't need a religious formula to receive God's power upon your life or to receive the Holy Spirit of God or to live in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. All you need is a relationship. It's recognizing the Holy Spirit of God, honoring the Holy Spirit of God, spending time with the Holy Spirit of God. It's knowing who He is and letting Him show Himself to you. So I finish with this. When a farmer grows crops, his desire is to receive its fruit, but his relationship is with the plant. It's not with the fruit. The relationship of the farmer 
is not with the fruit. It is the plant the farmer sows, waters, and takes care of. And even though he is waiting for the fruit, he knows that without the plant, there will be no fruit. We live in a generation today that we want the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, but we don't want the relationship with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't work like that. God is gracious enough to still bless you and bless us, because I include myself in there, to bless us. But he knows that the only way that we would know greater things and have a deeper relationship with him is when we know the source, which is the Holy Spirit. The disciples also desired the fruit of the Spirit, but for that it was necessary for them to relate to him as a person. Before seeing the divine manifestation, the believers learned to love, to serve, to adore, and to respect the Spirit of God, waiting on Him and for a relationship with Him. So let me ask you a couple questions today as I end the service. When was the last time you regarded the Holy Spirit of God? When was the last time you sought His presence? Or have you been so focused on the fruit that you forgot about the person of the Holy Spirit. Friend, I like you need to deepen my relationship with God. I'm not at a, I can't say that I'm, I've met ecstasy with God, no. <laughs> I need to deepen my relationship with God. And the only way with that is when I recognize and I honor the Holy Spirit of God. So I leave you with this illustration since we're talking about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, many times we think that they're completely separate, less, greater, and we don't have to honor or recognize. There's a scientist, Dr. Henry Morris. He said that the entire universe is Trinitarian by design. The universe consists, and this is scientific, that's why I said how many science people we have here, right? Um, but not that many people. Okay. <laughs> the universe consists of three things. Matter, space, and time. Take away one of those three, and the universe would cease to exist. You can't say that you have a deep relationship with God if you do not recognize the Holy Spirit of God, for He is God. This morning is a wake-up call for the church that we need to recognize the Holy Spirit and stop ignoring his presence. At Ignite, we count it a blessing to engage each week with supporters just like you. If you were blessed by today's word, subscribe to our podcast and share it with someone you know. We believe in spreading the message of Jesus like a wildfire. Thank you for your support and be sure to check us out on any of our social media platforms at Church Ignite. Until next time, be blessed and remember the best is yet to come.